This is Margaret Copeman Frankowitz coming to you again with another episode of Diabetic Survival. I actually couldn't wait to actually um, talk again on this um, wonderful Diabetic Survival podcast that I have going here because I received some test results in which... I can read a little bit of my lipid panel, but not the whole thing. So anyways, if you're new to this, thank you very much for tuning in. Um, I'm the diabetic girl. I I talk about everything diabetes and I will always be diabetic and I, I accept that fact. Okay, now that I got that out of the way, thank you again for listening to me ramble on. Okay, so I, I had some fantastic results and well, some good results and not so great results. I'll give you the good news first, okay? So I've worked very hard to go from uh, back in 2018 when I was 11.4 until now. And um, I've actually tested at an amazing, I don't know how I did it, 7.1. Still diabetic, still in the high range, but you have no idea I'm doing why I'm doing backflips. And the reason being is because back in 2010, I actually tested at a 6.8. So that's when I found out I was pre-diabetic. So I'm getting my numbers down. I'm not exactly sure. Well, I'm not going to go into that. Um, I'm happy about that. I am aesthetically happy. And, you know, one of the things that I did, because it was actually climbing up there for a little while, but I did cut out a lot of the breads out of my diet. You know, I've been throwing buns in the garbage forever you know you get something like I'll still go to like a McDonald's or something but I'll throw out a bun or two sometimes both of them and I'll just eat the chicken for instance which I know I know it's breaded but the thing is is that if you throw out the buns it's not so bad because you can have a little bit of carb if you're keto you're not really technically keto by the way if you're eating any type of bread but that's besides the point I got my numbers down to a seven point glorious one Okay, so I'm, I'm ecstatic about that. Um, my weight's also dropped. So I've dropped about 25 pounds on my uh, Ozempic, which was a huge and tremendous help in bringing your blood sugars down. Okay, so I would definitely say if you're not on Ozempic, talk to your doctor about it and see if it's right for you. Um, of course, your doctor's word always goes first. They put you on it great. If they don't, I'm sure they have a game plan, okay? But it also came with a little bit of disappointing news as well. And the disappointing news was that even though I'm taking a vitamin D supplement, uh, my my, my vitamin D was below average. That kind of blew me away because I was thinking that if I took a supplement, and of course the supplement's from Walmart, that that should be sufficient enough for uh, my, you know, to bring up my vitamin D levels. And not to mention, I'm out in the sun all the time, so this doesn't make any sense. Um, Now, I will discuss it with my doctor and see if there's a better form of vitamin D that I can actually take. But for the most part, I'm super excited. Now, I got other problems going on, but that's for another episode for another day. I I was mainly concerned after my lipid panel of what my results would be. And I have not had this professionally read yet. I've actually saw this before my doctor will actually see it Monday morning. So 
he's, I'm sure, taking the weekend off, I hope. And then first thing Monday, he'll go over my results and tell me this is good, this is bad, blah, blah, blah. And probably tell me some stuff that I didn't know, which is awesome because... The more I know, the more knowledge is power. And the more power that you have, the better you become. So I'm excited. I'm super excited about all this. So I was looking at my glorious numbers on my lipid panel. And, and, you know, I really do hope that everybody can achieve a low blood sugar reading. I mean, you certainly don't want to damage your kidneys or your organs or anything like that. And the closer to normal that you can become, the better off you are. Obviously, just losing a few pounds is going to help out tremendously when it comes to your blood sugars. So, and keeping it off is absolutely key because I can guarantee you, you gain that weight back, your blood sugars are going to go up and so is your A1C. So, so you know, have a goal with your A1C. Now, my A1C, they still want it to be around, I would say in the fives. Um, but of course, I'll, I'll discuss that more with my doctor next week. So I'll see exactly where they actually, what my goal should be. Hopefully it's not a very low 4.5 because that is just, I've never had it that low. I don't know how my body is going to react, but I'm just going to trust the doctors that they know what they're talking about. So um, I'm totally on board with uh, my team of doctors in, in actually reaching my goals. And of course, I wish that for every diabetic. It is a long, hard journey is up, it's down, and just because you get them near normal does not mean it won't come back. Once you're diabetic, you're a diabetic, okay? So don't think that this will ever go away. It's just it's just that life gets a little bit easier. And then when you get down into the normal range, if you do have a sandwich or something, as long as you're paying attention to the fact that you're going to need to get back on the wagon you know, soon and not take advantage of, of eating the way that you used to, you should be okay. But it's so hard. I'll be honest with you. I've had my blood sugars down in a normal range before back in 2016. And, um, I guess I fell off that wagon once again. So, I mean, it's, it's a constant struggle where my blood sugars are, are generally high, not necessarily low. You have to have that mindset you have to be determined enough to actually keep your blood sugars down and be rigorously tested and definitely do your lipid panel. You have to be on top of this. You're diabetic. So you have to be on top of this. You cannot let this lax. And I found out through bad behavior and um, thinking that I was cured. I don't know why I thought that. Um, probably because the doctor told me I was at the time and they didn't know me from Adam. It was my first visit ever with them. That I didn't have diabetes. So that couldn't have been further from the truth. I, I, As far as I'm concerned, I've always had it. But the fact that I can actually get my A1C. See, my next goal is to have my A1C below what I found it at when I found out that I was pre-diabetic. So I need to get it. My goal, my personal goal, my doctor may have other suggestions like even lower, but I'm a 7.1. And so my goal is to get it below a 6.8, which is what, how I found out I was pre-diabetic. That is my goal for the next three months. And I'm definitely looking forward to my new results. I'm going to be so happy. I'm going to throw a party for myself. Of course, I can't afford to take everybody. I wish I could. 
but I'm definitely going to go to a steakhouse and eat a steak. And I might even have a piece of bread, a roll to celebrate. I know, weird goals, but I'm telling you, some of these steakhouses have the best bread. Okay, <laughs> I really miss bread. It's horrible. Um, I, I mean, I hate to eat bread freely because <laughs> I know it's, it's probably not doing a great job to my blood sugar numbers. So I really do limit it. Um, I don't have the problem where I have to worry about breaded product, though. For instance, um, and I did say something about it earlier. If I go to McDonald's, I throw out the buns. But, you know, if you have a breaded product, you know, like they fry. And I mean, I shouldn't be eating the fried chicken anyways, but it's really good sometimes. Oh, it was Wendy's. Sorry, it wasn't McDonald's. But they have a, like the spicy breaded chicken I'm telling you it's, it's absolutely delicious and hard to pass up so you throw out the buns you just eat the chicken and yum 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 it, it it's kind of weird I know I, and I, I I just don't have the the guts to actually ask them could you like wrap that in lettuce instead of bread because of the weird looks I might get you know um, I know that they do that at some sub shops like Jimmy John's they will actually put your sub in lettuce and I've had it before and it's very strange okay I admitted it so I may have to actually cut out my breaded chicken in order to reach my goal below 6.8 and I'm okay with that but I'm gonna really miss the heck out of it but you know I got to make sacrifices and I will continue to lose weight because one and only because I it's not that I necessarily feel better I don't um, I'm still tired a lot but um, as a matter of fact I'm probably tired more now than I have been but that is also caused by a vitamin D deficiency let me tell you why this is a problem okay one of the best sources for uh, a vitamin D from what I've actually found um, my, my sources is through eggs and it used to be, I used to eat a lot of eggs every day. And then as soon as the egg flu hit, whatever that was, uh, avian flu or chicken, bird, something or other squatch, um, eggs became expensive and I just decided to cut it out of my diet. Um, one of the reasons is because my cholesterol was high and that, um, that I'm going to say for a podcast for another day because I didn't really go into that, into the cholesterol check. I just went mainly for the vitamin D and uh, the A1C for now. Uh, the cholesterol's been kind of like one of those things where I'm kind of on the fence because my doctor has recommended statins and I'm, I've been on statins before, but I'm really unsure about the statins. I've, I've heard some back and forth reports on it, uh, kind of like, and it feels like a tennis game. It's like statins are bad, and the team says statins are good, and they say statins are bad. And it comes down to my doctor. So if my doctor say I need to be on statins, I'm going to have to be on statins. So um, they want to try to prevent um, stroke and heart attack, and I don't blame them because I don't want to have those things either. And uh, bottom line, cardiologist gets, a, gets the last word. So if my cardiologist says I definitely need to be on statins, he wins. That's all there is to it. I'm not going to even argue with it. I'm going to put my hands up and go, okay, 
you guys are the ones taking care of me. You guys are the ones that you know what you're doing. And so I'm going to let you guys do what you do best. And I think that's the wisest advice. And hey, if you have a doctor, definitely use their wisdom. That's what they're trained to do. And they're trained to keep you alive and keep you going. So listen to your doctors. So I was actually pleased as punch um, to actually find out my results before the doctor did. So I could look them over and I could actually kind of gloat a little bit that I was able to actually um, work on my own health. And this basically means, what this means is like within three months, you can literally change whatever number that you have on your lipid panel. So... If you go through lipid panels every three months and you get the same results, it's because you're not changing your diet. And that means some drastic results have to happen on your part. I mean, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again. So basically what you do is you change it up. Try different types of food. Try a salad in the morning if you were eating eggs. And I... I'll be honest with you, some mornings I don't feel like cooking a couple of eggs anyways. I don't feel like cleaning the pan. I don't feel like, I just don't feel like eating eggs. So what I'll do is I'll actually create a salad. And sometimes I'll throw an egg on top of the salad. So sometimes I do fry an egg and I put it on top. Sometimes I don't. Um, Another form of magnesium is in sunflower seeds. So, you know, just a handful of sunflower seeds and you can actually pack a magnesium punch to your diet. So, um, eating healthy is not really any different than, you know, not eating healthy. So, I mean, it's what's convenient. I mean, a lot of times we look for convenience food, what's easiest. And those box stores that we go to to get our food, which is usually sometimes soggy not necessarily the greatest choices. So eat at home, take time to prepare your meal. And sometimes a salad, especially if it's already pre-made, is very easy just to take it out of the fridge, put it in a bowl, and enjoy the heck out of it. So actually, it's actually more convenient than actually driving to a box store. Hey, I'm trying to save you some time here too. So, um... I'm actually pleased as punch that what I'm doing is actually working and it didn't really take too many changes, just a slight modification to what I was eating, how I was eating, and uh, not eating a lot of bread product. There was a period of time there where I was actually scraping by and had to get food from the food bank. And, you know, I'm not proud to say that or anything, but... You know, it's kind of like one of those predicaments where a lot of people find themselves going to the food bank and they're being loaded up with carby type foods like beans and breads and stuff of that nature. And it's a lot of stuff that a diabetic cannot eat and is just absolute poison to a diabetic. They try though. They really do try. They know you're diabetic. They try to get you like a diabetic box, but they still throw the beans in because... For some reason, somebody's got it in their head that beans are good for everybody, and it's just not true. Um, 
I would I would say eat beans in moderation like once every three months, maybe, yeah, like limit it because that's the stuff that's actually not so great for you. Now, on the other alternative, you know, I'm probably I'm probably gonna talk about this because I am big on keto, <coughs> but excuse me, with a keto, like I'd have the salad and I'd have meat, right? And yes, eggs are meat. (coughs) (coughs) Excuse me, my allergies are acting up. So, it's very controversial. I mean, the keto diet in general is controversial anyways, because you're like, for your heart health, you don't want to eat much meat. You want to eat more dark leafy greens. But if you're eating dark leafy greens in the morning anyways... excuse me terribly, then it shouldn't be a really big deal anyways. But here's the thing, is when I was looking at quantity, because I was noticing that the amount of magnesium in a salad is pretty low, right? (coughs) Excuse me. So it's pretty low. So you have to eat quite a bit of salad and you actually, the, the recommended serving suggestion is like six to seven servings of dark leafy greens or dark green vegetables like broccoli or green beans or something. And I'm like, this isn't even, how do you put it? Nobody eats like that. You know, we're not brontosauruses. We don't eat like nothing but greens. Excuse me, except for maybe the exception of vegetarians who have no problem eating beans. Okay, that's great and all, but like I'm not becoming a vegetarian anytime soon. Um, I'll tell you why. I don't want to be depressed like some vegetarians are. Like, no way. Um, but there's other sources that you can actually hunt out, and that's, and I'm really big on sardines. Maybe you're not. Maybe you don't like sardines. But I'm telling you, it's packed full of nutrients. And if you can get past those little fins that they leave on the sardines sometimes, or hopefully you're not getting the sardines where they leave the head on, because that's really gross. Um, But if you can get past that, it's, it's just packed chock full of nutrients. And I guess you could throw that on the salad too. I just eat that straight out of the can. Usually get like a water base and... Um, I have at it. It's it's good stuff. I'm mainly eating it for the nutrients, but I actually have developed a taste for, you know, the little things over a period of time for the sardines. And uh, since fish is important in the diet anyways, um, I don't mind actually getting my nutrients from sardines. So I went ahead and I stocked up. So every now and then like for lunch, I can actually pop open a can of sardines and actually enjoy that nice little magnesium calcium type punch that it actually has. And that's another thing that's really weird is I actually cut back on my cheese consumption. So the reason why I'm telling you this is because this is exactly how I dropped my A1C. So it's, it's a real delicate 
balancing act. But one of the things I noticed is that I didn't crave milk as much. As, as a matter of fact, like in my coffee, I'd put powdered milk, um, which is the same as regular milk, really, when it's rehydrated. It's not that it's much of a difference from regular milk, I don't think. Um, except for the fact, and this is probably the reason why my vitamin D count was low, is because I did switch over to the, the powdered milk. And as you know, the, the milk that you, you know, the liquid milk that you buy from the store has um, the vitamin D actually added to the milk. So I was getting a lack of vitamin D during this round. So I know I'm going to get chewed out probably by my endocrinologist and I'll explain what happened to hers. The fact that I actually was not drinking the fortified milk that everybody else drinks. Okay, easy peasy. I can correct that by just drinking regular milk. And actually I just started drinking regular milk about five days ago when I picked some up at the store. But for three months I was drinking powdered milk thinking that maybe it was better for me for some reason. Um, I'm not quite sure what my logic there was. But um, because a lot of our foods have been depleted of certain vitamins and minerals that we do need, it's important that you eat foods that are actually supplementing your diet and what you need. Now, another thing I found out is the older that you actually get, the more vitamin D you actually need. You're not out in the sun as much, and I would have to say it's even lackadaisical to think that you're going to get enough vitamin D from the sun. <coughs> Excuse me. As a white person, and I'm only bringing up my race because this has been a scientifically known fact. Um, it should take me less time out in the sun to acquire the amount of vitamin D my body needs. So if I'm out in the sun all day, I should have adequate amounts. I did not have adequate amounts of vitamin D. And when you don't have adequate amounts of vitamin D, you get lethargic and a whole host of other things I can't even go into that actually happened to your body. You're going to have to Google that and see what happens if you have a lack of vitamin D. So um, it's going to be one of the things that I actually work on and I'm going to see what supplements would actually work best and definitely going to get it in my diet and definitely listen to my endocrinologist and my dietitian and my regular medical doctor and... I'm really, truly blessed. I'm, I'm going to say for the first time ever, I've been truly blessed to actually have an amazing team of doctors so dedicated to actually uh, helping me to maintain the best health that I possibly can because it is working. What they're doing is absolutely bringing me back down to normal and I'm so appreciative of that and I would really hope for anyone out there to have an amazing devoted team of doctors working on making you the healthiest you possibly can be. Okay, with that being said, I just, of course, wanted to give updates on my, on my panels and stuff and tell you how pleased as punch I am. And of course, mind you, all of this can actually just unravel too. Like, um, I still haven't seen the doctors yet. So, I have yet to hear what they actually have to say about my lipid panel. 
So this is just, I got a little peek review of what's going on. And I'm ready to get chewed out about a few things for my doctor, like a vitamin D. But like I said, I'm kind of a little bit blown away because with the whole lack of vitamin D, um, I'm a little bit surprised since uh, I do work outside. I am outside a majority of the week. And with regular sunlight, I should be getting more vitamin D than, you know, most people do. And I'm not. And it might be because I'm getting older. So the darker your skin is, the more you need to actually be outside to absorb vitamin D. I'm showing you as a test result and being a white woman that uh, you can still have a lack of vitamin D at 50. And that sometimes you need to supplement your diet or to take it, you know, get in enough of that. And more than likely, it's going to be in pill form because obviously in my diet, I cannot increase the amount of eggs that I eat or the amount of sardines. I'm going to have to take that in a supplementary form. So that means um, if you are, if you do have brown or black skin, that you need to not only, one, make sure you're out in the sun for a long period of time, but the older that you are, you're going to have to take a supplement to actually make up for that lack of vitamin D because it does cause a host of other problems if you don't have enough of it. Okay, that's about it. It's been a glorious day. That actually kind of perked me up a little bit and hopefully it perks you up as well. Um, Of course, I hope that, that you're able to maintain what you're doing as well. Get a lipid panel, see where it's at. It can actually make you, um, basically what it is, it's a building block. So it can kind of point you in the right direction. Um, I would definitely listen to Dr. Eckberg on YouTube. And I would definitely listen to um, Dennis Pollock. He's not a doctor, but he's been a diabetic for 20 years now. And he does just a bang-up job managing his diabetes. And I'm actually thinking about contacting him so he can actually interview me. Um, But I do want to get, you know, past that 6.8 on my A1C before I actually do that and actually share my success story with him. And I'm sure he's going to be thrilled to know what's going on. I'm thrilled, as a matter of fact. I don't know what he's going to say about the Ozempic, but... We'll get to that. Okay. Well, this has been Margaret Cookman Frankwitz. Thank you so much for listening. And if you are new, thank you so much for listening. Share this with another diabetic uh, who you you may know. It's always good that we have some type of community. I'll try to add um, like a, a question that you guys can answer as well. Hopefully that you have the ability to do that now that Spotify and Anchor are actually merged. I've actually been posting questions on some of my episodes, but I've been getting, I haven't really gotten the results from those. So <laughs> if you want to go back and actually take some of the surveys, please do. Um, hopefully they're not expired. And uh, thank you once again for listening. And I really do plan on expanding this and um, bringing a little bit more entertainment to it, especially um, since I have been uh, podcasting on so many different channels all over the world. This has been Margaret Coleman Frankwitz. Please be kind to each other. Be kind to somebody. Um, it doesn't take much to brighten somebody's day. You, you never know. They may not have had any contact 
with too many people and just a smile from you might brighten your day. You have a great day.